Welcome to Sunshine Studios, home of the Barry Bow Show, also home of the Dead Stripper Podcast. But a word of caution before you continue. Dead Stripper contains explicit content, such as strong language and depiction of graphic sex and violence. Therefore, this podcast might not be suitable for all audiences. Forewarned is forearmed. And now, into Chapter 1 of Dead Stripper, which begins with Uber driver Steve Piasecki picking up a stripper just after a bouncer twisted her wrist when she rejected his sexual advances. Scene 1, 9th and Passionc, South Philadelphia, Wednesday, March 7th, 11.09 p.m. I'm approaching Gino's stakes when my cell phone rings. The phone's mounted in the middle of the dashboard. I look at the caller ID and see my friend. His real name's Mike, but I always call him my friend because, uh, because he's my friend. I put the call on speaker. Your beater phone's work tonight, eh? Ha ha ha. He fakes a laugh. I got a good phone. We repeat this routine every time he calls, yet it never gets old. He's a wrestler with the East Coast Wrestling Association, and he goes by Hitman Bruno in the ring. And yes, it's a professional wrestling organization, but these guys do it more for love than money. Some are over the hill and hanging on because they don't want to quit. Others, like my friend, are still young and hopeful of catching that first big break. But either way, no one's making big bucks. So they work conventional jobs, they moonlight, or they do both to earn a living. You Ubering, my friend asks. Yep, you. I started an hour ago. I got three stinking pools so far, maybe 15 bucks. Not worth the time they take. Oh, before I forget, I'm wrestling Saturday night. How come? Doughboy pulled a hammy. Scene two, at the same time. Babes in Toyland Strip Club, Columbus Boulevard, South Philadelphia. A tall brunette's entering the employee's coat room. She's 23, attractive and shapely, and she goes by Jade. She's wearing dangling earrings and a heart-shaped gold necklace, a tan blouse, and tight jeans. She's carrying a makeup case and two large Macy's shopping bags. She places the makeup case on a shelf, then sets the bags on the floor and starts putting on a brown leather jacket. One of the bouncers creeps up behind her. He's in his 30s and looks Italian. He's muscular, and his tattooed arms give him a menacing look. You done for the night, he asks. His voice startles her. She turns to face him. What's it look like? You need a ride? No, thanks. Seriously, I'll give you a ride. I'd rather take an Uber. Why? Why do you want to give me a ride? You know, like, as a favor. Bullshit. You just want me to suck your cock. Why the attitude? I thought we had a good thing going. We did, until you fucked charity. That, that didn't mean nothing. Come on, I'll make it up to you. Don't make me laugh. Besides, I moved on from you. With who? None of your business. Give me one more chance. He moves closer. Don't even think about touching me. You know you want it, bitch. He grabs his crotch and tugs at himself suggestively. Then he reaches out and tries to grab her left shoulder. Don't touch me. She backs out of his reach. I'll touch you anytime I want. He reaches for her shoulder a second time. She pulls her riding crop out of one of the shopping bags and whips him across the left side of his face with two good stripes. You cocksucker. He reaches out again and grabs her right wrist. 
the one holding the riding crop. He twists her wrist behind her back, judo style, and keeps twisting her wrist until she drops the whip. You bastard. She slaps his face with her left hand. You're asking for it, bitch. He makes a fist with his right hand and cocks it to throw a punch. I'd have punched your fucking lights out. Go ahead, Dodo. You wind up back in jail before I hit the floor. He holds that pose, wanting to retaliate so bad he can taste it. But eventually, he unclenches his fist and lowers his hand. You ain't worth going to jail for. But trust me, bitch, you'll be sorry. Scene 3. At the same time, 2nd in Washington, South Philadelphia. I'm passing the Mummers Museum when my Uber app pings. I look at the app and see Sam, 1800 Columbus Boulevard, Philadelphia. Hang on, I tell my friend. I just got a ride. Are you taking it? Pavlov's dogs. What's that supposed to mean? Ivan Pavlov. I never heard of him. I make a right turn on the Columbus Boulevard. Now there's a surprise. Ha ha ha. So who is he? You mean who was he? Yeah, yeah. Just tell me. Who was he? I said was because he'd be over 150 years old these days. Just tell me who the fuck he was. He was a Russian physiologist back in the 1900s. So? So he's famous because he conditioned his dogs to know when it was time to eat. How'd he do that? By ringing a bell when he was going to feed them. So over time, his dogs became conditioned to know that whenever they heard the bell ring, it was time to eat. What's that got to do with anything? When my app pings, I'm conditioned. Just like Pavlov's dogs, I know it's time to make money. So there's nothing to think about. I accept the ride because it's going to put money in my pocket. That's why I keep telling you to take every ride. That's how you make more money. Yeah, sure. So where's your ride? Looks like a topless club. Maybe you'll get lucky. I doubt it. Some guy named Sam. Besides, I never initiate conversation with strippers. Why not? I don't want anything misconstrued. I don't need any complaints going back to Uber about their driver coming on to them. You worry too much. I see a bright purple sign up ahead, Babes in Toyland. Look, I say, I'm there already, so I'll talk to you tomorrow. I end the call, then pull over and call the rider. It takes two rings before a man's voice answers. Hello, the man says, your ride's here. I'm right outside in a silver SUV with the flashers blinking. Oh, the uh, ride's for one of my girls. Pull right up to the uh, entrance and I'll tell, I'll tell her you're here. Scene four, inside the strip club. The manager's short and stocky. His name's Sam. He looks 40, but he just turned 34. He walks up to the bouncer and asks, Did you uh, see Jade? I just seen her over there. Then the bouncer points toward the coat room. What uh, happened to your face? Nothing. It looks like uh, something happened. She accidentally hit me with her fucking whip. You know, we're just fucking around. And it looks like uh, there's a handprint on the other side. Like I said, we're just fucking around. Please, no uh, horsing around. This is a professional establishment. Then the manager spots Jade exiting the coat room. She's carrying her makeup case and the two shopping bags, and it takes her no time to reach the two men. She smiles at the manager and gives the bouncer a dirty look. Your uh, Uber's here, the manager tells Jade. It's a silver SUV with its uh, lights blinking. Scene 5. Outside the strip club. I see a tall brunette exit the strip club and start approaching my vehicle. She's holding a makeup case in her left hand, 
and struggling to carry two shopping bags with her right hand. I exit the driver's door, head around to the back of the vehicle, and get there at the same time she does. You're my Uber driver, right? She asks. Yep. My name's Steve. I'm Jade. Pleased to meet you, Jade. I open the hatch and start packing her belongings inside. First comes a makeup case, and it's heavier than looks. Next come one of the shopping bags, but something falls out and lands on the ground. It looks like a riding crop. I guess it's one of her props. She bends down and picks it up with her left hand. Then she stands back up and hands it to me. Just stick it in one of the bags, she says. I stick it in the second bag. She's already opening the back door on the passenger side and getting inside the vehicle. I close the hatch and hustle back around and get behind the wheel. All set? I ask her. All set. I hit start trip on the app and see her destination. 340 Media Station Road, Media. I know exactly where that is, but I'm not sure about the shortest route between the strip club and the entrance to I-95. Slowly, I start pulling away. The GPS tells me to make a right turn, but I'm looking at a do not enter sign. It's a one-way street, so I stop. Go ahead, she says. If you get stopped, you won't get a ticket. Why not? I can fix it. I know all the cops around here. Plus, I got a lot of pull at City Hall. No kid. Yeah, ever since I started blowing one of the judges. Wow. I'm both stunned and intrigued by her candor, and I definitely want to hear more. No kidding. My old boyfriend got arrested last year and charged with criminal assault. So I asked one of my cop buddies and found out who the judge was. He arranged a meeting for me with the judge, and that's when I started blowing The strategy worked to perfection. She not only succeeded in getting her boyfriend's charges reduced to a misdemeanor, but eventually she got the case dismissed altogether. So she convinced me it's safe, and I drive down the street the wrong way. We're on 95 less than two minutes later. Do you know Fletcher Cox? She asked me. I know he plays for the Eagles. Why do you ask? He's fucking one of my girlfriends. She works here. No kidding. Yeah, but her boyfriend just found out. He says he's going to fuck up Fletcher. No kidding. That sounds a little far-fetched to me, but who knows? Maybe she's right. The Cowboys are regulars here, she says, whenever they're in town. No kidding. Now I find that easy to believe. And she talks non-stop for the next 20 minutes. I take I-95 south all the way to the Blue Route, then go north and exit on the Baltimore Pike, heading west. Then I take a shortcut over Jefferson Street to avoid a bunch of traffic lights on Baltimore Pike. I only moved into my place, she says, you know, where you're taking me? A couple months ago. How do you like it so far? So far, so good. But my next door neighbor's a nosy bitch. She's got, like, a camera outside her apartment. She's always sticking her nose in my business. No kidding. I make a left on the South Orange and a quick right on the Media Station Road. Now we're going down a steep hill. I ran into her in the hall yesterday, and she tells me she knows my boyfriend's 5'11". Then she says she saw me come home with a guy who's 6'4". No kidding. I see a sign up ahead on the left, Media Station Apartments. Yeah, so I tell her, since you're so into my shit, why don't you come over and trim my pussy hair the next time it needs trimming? We're both laughing as I make a left into the complex. What building, I ask? The A building. I drive up a steep hill and pass two buildings on the way up. Which entrance? All the way at the end. I turn right, drive 100 yards to reach the last entrance, then stop. How's this? Perfect. Uh-uh. I forgot to thank you for loading my things into your car, you know, when we left the club. No problem. I don't usually have this much to carry, but someone gave me a bunch of presents today. Is it your birthday? 
Nah, he's like a secret admirer. Did you ever see Fatal Attraction? What's that? A movie. What's it about? The secret admirer and boiling a rabbit in a pot. That doesn't sound like Alice in Wonderland to me. Trust me, it's not. How well do you know your secret admirer? Let's just say she starts to explain and she stops abruptly. Sorry, I didn't mean to pry. It's not that. It's, well, my wrist is starting to hurt like a son of a bitch. How'd you hurt it? I got into an argument, you know, right before you picked me up. An old boyfriend. The one I already told you about. The one I got out of trouble last year. On the assault charge? Yeah, she leans forward. One of the bouncers, Sal, but he won't accept the fact I broke up with him. He's still like possessive and he thinks he owns me. Sorry to hear that. I turned my head and see her face for the first time. She's quite pretty. We had a good thing going. Then the asshole started screwing around on me. I didn't know for sure at first. Then he started acting funny. So I asked him about it and he confessed. No way. The asshole lied to my face. Then how do you know for sure? I caught the motherfucker in the act. No kidding. Yeah, I caught him screwing one of the other girls, a bimbo who calls herself Charity. And trust me, she gives it up just like her name said. We laugh. And she says, you'll never guess where I caught them. No clue. In a fucking utility closet. That sounds like prima facie evidence to me. I'm not sure what that means, that prima. Prima facie. It's Latin for essential. It means at first look or on its face. It's a type of evidence accepted in court as being true unless or until someone can prove otherwise. Did you used to be a lawyer or something? Not really. I just know about things like that. Anyway, tonight the asshole says he wants to drive me home. What's wrong with that? He didn't want to drive me home. He just wanted to get me outside into his car so I could suck his cock. But when I said no, he tried to bully me. No kidding. Yeah, he got a little grabby. So I whacked him across the face with my whip. The one, right, the one you put in my shopping bag. I got him good, twice. And that really pissed him off. So the fucker grabbed my wrist and twisted it behind my back. It might be sprained. I can feel it starting to swell a little. She wiggles her wrist and probes it gently. Here, feel it. She extends her right hand over the front seat. I take her hand and gently touch the wrist area. Ouch! She jerks her hand back reflexively. It does feel swollen. And it hurts. Would you be willing to help me one more time? And that's the end of chapter one. Join us next time for chapter two, when we meet two best friends since kindergarten, Jess and Margo, and at least one of them will become Steve's love interest.